Yeah, I think that the, the time that I spend every day on me is probably my best investment. Um, you know, we all have times where we're not feeling that confident or we've got some self-doubt or we have, um, you know, challenges. But I think um, the time I dedicate to myself every day around learning, around staying well, I think that's the best investment. Then all the other looks after itself. Um, and I think if you can get that sorted and really understand and love yourself, then everything sort of falls into place. You still have your hard times, ups and downs, but I think if you continue to invest in, in what it is every day that sort of replenishes you, you know, then, um, you know, and I go away from them and come back to them, but I think if I find time for me every day, um, you know, reading's one of mine. Um, if I can do that every single day and make sure I look after myself, look after myself physically, then the other things fall into place. That was Sir John Kerwin, and this is Dugget, the podcast. Welcome to episode 64 of Dugget with Sir John Kerwin. I recorded this episode a couple of years back when I was working on a mental health project. Uh, we did New Zealand's first digital detox day and an amazing camp for youth and it was called YNX around finding purpose and possibility and it was yeah something I was working on it's such a big issue in New Zealand uh, mental health and youth suicide in particular and as part of the the project the business I was fortunate to interview some of New Zealand's leading thought leaders and uh, John Kuhn was one of them and he was so generous with his time and so full of great insights into mental well-being, leadership, life, and so much more. And I think it's very timely with COVID-19. Uh, if you're anything like me, you've got plenty of time to reflect on what's really important in life. And I've certainly had my share of ups and downs lately. And there's nothing higher than or more important than mental well-being. And uh, I think it's timely as well with John Kuhn launching his app, Mentimia, uh, which is available for free. Amazing work that Sir John is doing. Uh, make sure to check out the app. And uh, I just listened to this episode again myself, and there were so many just nuggets of wisdom in there, um, which really made me reflect on what's really important. And I uh, hope you get plenty of value out of it too. It's up on YouTube as well. So without further ado, here is Sir John Kerwin, and it's a bit of a different format too. It's kind of a Q&A, so different format, but I'm sure you'll get lots out of it. And I uh, apologize that the audio is not always perfect. It was recorded on uh, some lapel mics that I was still experimenting with, but the message is quality. So I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Hope you dug it. Here we go. So welcome, John. Nice to be here. What, what's your current purpose in life and how'd you find it? Yeah, I think... Um, I have many purposes, so I think um, going through a depression, I sort of had to start again. So I really put my life in boxes. Um, so I have a professional purpose, have a spiritual purpose, have a family purpose, um, and then I have an individual purpose. So I don't really have one. Um, from a professional point of view at the moment, my purpose is to um, change the suicide rate in our country um, and 
to do that, I think we need to start educating our youngsters on actually looking after themselves. I mean, we teach them English, maths and science, but we don't actually teach them about how to stay mentally well. So I think the IQ and EQ around that, so IQ meaning, you know, I had no knowledge of depression until it punched me in the face. Um, and then what is your emotional intelligence around it? So how do you deal with it? How do you help someone else around you? Um, so that's sort of my, my purpose in, in, uh, in life as well as in my work life. So I'm trying to create some, some um, awareness and some businesses around that that will, will um, fund themselves and change that stat. Um, obviously, you know, my spiritual purpose is to continue to look for wellness and understand what that is for me personally because I think wellness is is personal so continue to read continue to understand continue to try stuff um, and then I think uh, from the family point of view my kids are a bit older now so my youngest is 18 21 and 23 and just managing um, that transition so what our relationship looks like and how to keep changing that and obviously with my wife as well so um, and then my, my personal my personal sort of um, purposes spiritually is just to keep growing and keep getting better. Wonderful. And if, if you're a smart, driven high school student about to embark and come into the real world, uh, is there any piece of advice you would pass on? Um, yeah, find, find something that's good for your soul as well. Um, I think being driven around sport, around business um, is, is really important, but make sure that you put some time aside to really look after yourself. So go on that journey as well. You know, what is my go-to every single day um, that makes me replenish, feel better, um, and keep a balance on life? And I think uh, if you can find that, then you, know, you can stay well um, as well as driven. Uh, what would be one of the best investments you've made? It could be time, monetary, it could be education. Is there anything that stands out? Yeah, I think that the, the time that I spend every day on me is probably my best investment. Um, you know, we all have times where we're not feeling that confident or we've got some self-doubt or we have, um, you know, challenges, but I think um, the time I dedicate to myself every day around learning, around staying well, I think that's the best investment. Then all the other looks after itself. Um, and I think if you can get that sorted and really understand and love yourself, then everything sort of falls into place. You still have your hard times, ups and downs, but I think if you continue to invest in, in what it is every day that sort of replenishes you, you know, then. Um, you know, and I go away from them and come back to them, but I think if I find time for me every day, um, you know, reading's one of mine. Um, if I can do that every single day and make sure I look after myself, look after myself physically, then the other things fall into place. And are there any techniques or strategies you like to use to start or end your day? Um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm not a morning person. Um, oh, this morning I got up and did 6K in the pool, 6 o'clock, 
because um, I've, I've got a couple of goals at the moment. Um, yeah, I think sleep's probably the most important um, part of life. You need to make sure that you sleep well. Um, so if you do that, depending, I'm quite late, so I'll go to bed 11, 12, 1 o'clock. Um, so when I, I like to start the day relatively relaxed, get up, always have a coffee, always sit, take my time. Um, on other mornings I'll, I'll get up like this morning and do something really active, pretty full on. So I think the most important thing is to um, not worry too much about what the day is going to bring, but make sure you start it well. Uh, and I read a book saying if you make your bed every morning, then at least by the end of the day, if you've had a shit day, you know, at least you made your bed. Um, so I think that's a metaphor, and if you can find your metaphor, and it might be around a nice cup of tea or a cup of coffee or just starting your day, um, and it's just a little moment for you, and that gives you energy. Yeah, I enjoyed that, um, that bed making. Yeah. <laughs> I've given that to a few people who really yeah. taken that on board. Um, and... And the, I guess with your transition um, out of rugby and into the mental health space, is there any one new belief you've picked up in the last five years? Um, change is okay and it's good and um, it's scary but I think it's a real good challenge and you can change. I mean I dedicated my whole life to rugby so to change from what I was secure in was really difficult. I think I've always done mental health, um, but then not having rugby in my life um, was, you know, it was quite hard to let go. But then you get pushed to change, and there's no um, age to it. You can change any time. There are no rules. Um, and I think we're brought up around some rules that are, are preconceived. But I think, um, you know, now that I've changed, I intend to keep changing, you know, because mm. I think that it helps you grow, keeps you motivated, keeps you excited. Um, and you can always go back, you know, people say, oh, you can't go back. Well, you can, you know, I mean, if you're good at something, um, I could always go back to rugby if I wanted to, if, if that's what my passion and my heart said to me after two or three years out of it, if that's what I wanted to do, you can go back. If you don't change, you don't know if that's for you. Um, at this stage I'm saying I don't want to go back but you know you always can if you want mm. so um, I don't think there's any rules the only real rule is you being well and happy in yourself I like that rule <laughs> um, yeah, it reminds me of uh, interviewed Ben he said his, his, his purpose or his passion the year before was um, gut bacteria for mental health and I think at the moment it was cancer research and yeah, yeah enjoyed how he could give himself yeah. th that leniency to, to have it change and, and with uh, your industry which is I guess the mental health field at the moment, do you see it where would you like to see it in 10 20 years or where do you see it going? Um, I think uh, no more suicides would be um, our long-term goal as a country. Uh, there's no way we should have the highest suicide rate in the developed world. Um, so I think, you know, there's awareness and that's really, really important. And then I think there's understanding of it for you personally and then ways through it 
And so, you know, I, I think for me, um, as a country, we're still relatively young, but I also think we're relatively dead emotionally. Um, so one of the things that concerns me, especially with young males, um, there's two things that we're not allowed to do. We're not allowed to cry, we're not allowed to show anger, and they're two natural emotions. Um, so I can imagine a five-year-old boy going to school today and he starts crying, what do we say to him? Because it's okay to cry, you know, and it's, and it's okay to be angry. Anger just can't end in violence. Um, so I think there's a few emotional things as Kiwis we need to grow, we need to get better at. And um, if we can do that, then, you know, if you can be in touch with your emotions and let them out, then life's way better because you're not bottling everything inside. So I think um, a cultural change is, is probably uh, one of the biggest challenges, but I still believe that we can do it. And uh, what excites you most about the future? Would it be the chance to solve that? or? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, once again, I go back to my boxes, you know. I'm mm -hmm. excited about a whole lot of different things. Um, I'm excited about the challenge of mental health in this country. Um, I'm really excited about uh, what I'm doing, um, you know, with some of the other things in my life. Um, so I get excited about many things and, I, and, I, and all my boxes have bridges, you know. Um, so, so for me, the excitement is to finish every day and go, well, you know, I've worked towards those goals. And um, if I can do that every day, then you can go to bed and rest assured and then get up the next day and go again. If you're Prime Minister for a day, is there one thing you'd, you'd like to change? Um, I think the mental health. Um, so this current government under Jacinda have, they're going to look at um, how our mental health works. So mental health is an epidemic around the world. We just haven't planned for it. So there's no budgets, there's no um, structures. I think it's all antiquated, our concept of what it is and what it looks like in the future. Um, so for me, I think if I was Prime Minister for a day, I'd commit the right amount of money and start creating some wellness centres, change the education system so that a five-year-old learns not only maths, English, science and whatever else, but also mental health. Um, you know, I think uh, the breakdown of religion um, over the last 50 years, we haven't replace the spirituality with anything. It might mm. be yoga, might be meditation, might be something, but you do need something in your life where you know, it's bigger than you and you understand that uh, you know, we're, we're here for a short time and, and um, make sure that you, know, you stay really tranquil in your life. Mm. Yeah, that new religion piece, uh, I know in Italy it's uh, my sister's host mum was really concerned about that because yeah. it was the kids didn't have anything to believe in yeah. anymore um, and you've been a leader in I guess mental health advocacy as well as football in a, a number of areas is there any skills you you think a great leader should have or what, what makes a great leader um, intelligence and empathy Sometimes they don't go together. And so I think um, 
I think a great leader today needs great empathy uh, for all walks of life. And I think if, you, if a leader has that, then you look at things with your heart, not with your brain. And I think that's really important. Um, once you look with your heart, then you get your brain to sort out the solutions about what that is. But often we let our heart um, take second place and we look at it from an intelligent point of view. And I think, you know, if we spoke to our parents about it, they'd probably say, you know, follow your gut. Mm. And that really means follow your heart. You know, you get a feeling about what, what's right and what's wrong. And so I think empathy is probably the biggest thing for a leader moving forward. Mm. I was just listening to a piece about the Aborigines and, and, and the Qigong, and they talk about three brains, the, yep. the head, the heart, and the, um, the gut. Yep. And, and the, the Aborigines have a term which means like fishing net, a tangled fishing net for your mind, and so yep. people making decisions from the, the least constructive yeah, yeah, they like follow your heart, follow your gut. Um, yeah. I think that's kind of lost, and that's a, a great point. Um, and as well as mental health, are there any pressing problems you think the next generation of leaders need to look look to solve? I, I, I'm really encouraged by the next um, generation of leaders. Some of the young leaders that I've met really have a a conscience. A social conscience. Um, so I think that the most important thing is that if they can have that empathy then and then turn business into something with a social conscience then the world will be a better place. I mean there shouldn't be poverty mm-hmm. in New Zealand should there? You know really when you think about it. Um, so I think the leaders of the future have some real big challenges um, around mental health, around um, our environment, you know, like the weather's not normal anymore, you know, is global warming on us? Um, can we turn that around? And then I think the third thing that's really important is, is that um, we need communities that are really strong together. And um, I think the workplace is the new community. Um, because that's where you spend a lot of your time. So if we can create great communities, um, get rid of some of the traditions, so it's about achieving in the workplace, not about time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think if we can create those moments every day, then, you know, the world needs to be a better place, but I think we need to act. Mm. You mentioned you read. Do you have any uh, favourite books at the moment, or, um, and if so, why? Um, I'm reading about our um, New Zealand soldiers in Italy um, that were prisoners of war and then the gates opened um, and they were freed out into the community and just how the Italians took them in and looked after them at risking their own life. Um, So I'm reading about a different time but also would I risk my life to protect someone today? And so I'm really interested in that. Um, I'm reading a lot of books on food. I think there's an overkill of information out there for people. And I don't think people care anymore. So it's like the microwave, you know, like when the microwave came out, I don't use a microwave just because I don't get food getting that hot that quick, you know? 
So a lot of the diets that are coming out, a lot of the way we eat, um, do we know whether it's good or bad for us? And there's just this overkill of what should we do? Mm. Um, so I'm reading a whole lot of different books mm. with no bent towards what I want to do, just an understanding of actually <laughs> take a little bit of out of each. And mm. So that's interesting. So I'm reading a little bit on that. Um, yeah, I think I'm reading... I've got another book um, that I've been reading, just a just a bit of a novel, which is you know I, I, I sort of need th three or four or five books on the go at a time, so I'm sort of reading three at a time. Mm. I'll check the um, footage there. The, the uh, yeah, there's a great book you might enjoy by Weston Price on food, and it was um, basically any person on their ancestral diet was. Perfect teeth, perfect health. Maori were the fittest, healthiest people we found anywhere in the world. And then, as and as soon as the modern diet came in, the deformities and the teeth structure and the facial development, the crime. There was no crime. There was um, no tooth decay. Any, yeah, crazy. Just, just invention of. And he also talked about the, sh the the soil health. If you don't mm. understand soil health, you can't understand nutrition because everything, mm. the animals, the food, it's all coming from the exactly. soil. It's, um, and if 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 we're the average of the five people we spend the most time around, who do you try and make sure you spend time with, or who would those people be for you? Um, probably family. You know, I spend a lot of time with my family um, and want to continue to do that. So uh, I think that's richness of life, is your family, and making sure that you keep evolving and working on keeping them together as a unit as different thoughts change and people mature. And so yeah, that's pretty much where my focus is most days. Successful people tend to ask better questions. Are there any questions you like to ask yourself on a regular basis or? Yeah, um, why? So why is, is what I ask myself um, all the time. So why am I doing it? Um, you know, what are the outcomes? What change can you make? You know, and I think if you if you really question the reasons why you're doing stuff, um, sometimes you don't like the answers. When you don't like the answers, you shouldn't do it. Uh, and I think some of the things that are around us all the time, um, you know, just living in Auckland, you because it gets harder and harder. People drive to make ends meet, to get ahead, and sometimes you just need to ask yourself why. Why are you doing that? Um, and I'm having a really, uh, last four weeks has been a really big why time for me. So why am I doing this? Why am I continuing to do this? Where do I want to be um, you know, in five years time? So I think that's the hardest question to ask yourself because often you won't answer it honestly to yourself. Um, so for me, and then once, you understand what's inside going on. So, um, what does my ego need? You know, what does my my um, 
personal life need? You know, what do my family needs? What do, what do all those things need? So why are we doing those things? Is probably the one I ask myself the most. Mm. Yeah, I was really enjoying Simon Sinek's book, the the Why book. Mm. Uh, it was a Why TED talk, I think. He's writing one for kids too, which I think would be um, really great. And, and and what would your definition of success be? I really go back to my dad. You know, like he he said, um, "How many bastards want to carry you out when you die?" You know, and um, when my dad passed away, 50 people wanted to carry his coffin. Um, he also used to tell me that, you know, um, it's no use having the Flash's car in the car park of the, of the cemetery, you know. Um, but, I, but I think, once again, I break my life into, you know, I want to be successful in business, I want to be successful in my family life, I want to be successful spiritually and all those um, boxes. So I, th I don't think there's one answer, you know. I think to continue a lifestyle till you die financially is, is, is a good one to look at. So how do I want to live until I die? Um, and then I think spiritually being at peace with yourself um, and with those around you right to the very end. And then to have left a legacy where people um, will carry you with them when you do die. So I still carry my dad with me in, in the way he lived and his actions, you know. So I think those things um, would be success for me. You mentioned before what you'd like to get mental health taught as a subject in education. Is that the main thing you'd like to change in education? I think, yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, I'm not an educator, so I don't know where the modern world is going. You know, they tell me that people who are studying today, you know, it'll be irrelevant in five years' time because life's moving pretty fast. So, so I think for me, we need to understand mental health so that we can adapt to whatever. So if you studied something for five years, you come out of university and it's no use to you, it's going to be a pretty stressful time, you know. So I think if we can, if we can um, teach our youngsters to be adaptable, um, to understand themselves, to understand their mental health, then they'll be able to cope with anything that's thrown at them. So that's my big one. And then also I'd like to, from a commercial point of view, um, create something for the workplace that looks after people's mental health in the workplace. Um, so, you know, we, we, uh, we have health and safety laws, but it's all about hard hats and you know, fluorescent jackets and steel cap boots, but actually mental health probably kills more people every year. Mm. How has a failure or apparent failure set you up for success? Uh, and do you have a favourite failure? Um, yeah, I mean, I love failure. I think failure is um, fundamental. And I think that for me, um, I've failed heaps and continue to fail. Um, but it doesn't worry me. I don't see it as failure. I see it as a learning. Um, learn from it, don't do it again, move on. Um, I think the biggest one was probably, you know, the blues back here. Um, but if I continued to coach, I'd probably be a three times better coach. So um, for, for me, there is no failure. Failure for me is not trying something. So I'll always give something a go. And if it doesn't work out, so be it. You know, move on. 
And, and when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, is there a particular strategy or, or set of questions you ask yourself or something you do to get back to where you want to be? Yeah, I talk to people um, that I trust and I bear my soul because that's the only way you can get the real help if you tell people what's going on in your life, what's concerning you, um, and if you talk to them about it, then if that's their field, they can really help you. So vulnerability is really important. Um, the most important thing with vulnerability is to make sure that the people who are listening, you, you know, you trust them. Mm. And, and so I show vulnerability to get through it, and that works for me. You mentioned you had the, the time in Waiheba. Is there, is there a place you like to go to or, where, or, or a time where you think big or you get some perspective? Yeah, um, I think sport's really good for me. Like um, this morning I had a long swim. Um, we did 6K and we, so we went, you know, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, uh, 16, 14, 12. So we went up, this is length. You know, and, and through the through some of the longer ones, I was losing count just because I'm thinking about life. So anywhere on the water, like if I'm surfing and stuff, I always have time, um, and I'm I'm meditating quite a lot, which is giving me um, time to think, which is really important. So. Um, I also think your brain tells you when it needs some time as well, so I try and listen. You know, when there's a time to think and there's a time to act. And I think when it's time to think, um, you should take that time and when it's time to act, act. Um, and don't get the two mixed up. You can't be acting and thinking. You've got to act on what you've already thought about. So I try and get those balances right. Did that make any sense? Yeah, totally. I kind of think of it like you make your um, your plans when you're in a peak state, and when you've got your uh, yeah, when you're high energy and you're, and you're optimistic, and you yeah. and then Act. then you roll it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a bit like I guess we don't in yoga they often say we're never fully awake or fully asleep. So many people are in this halfway. Yeah, you're neither doing or relaxing. You kind yeah. of uh, I think that's really on point. Um, and you mentioned your dad before, but is there any other particular piece of advice that that was given to you that was really impactful? Yeah, um, don't wait to touch death to learn how to live. And I think that there is only today. Yesterday you can't control and you can't control tomorrow. So it's really, really important that you live every single day as if it's your last. And I try and do that. And it's difficult because, um, yeah, of course I want to grow old and see my kids and grandkids and all that sort of stuff. But the reality is, you know, um, you want to be able to say, today is the most important day of my life. And if I get to the end of the day and I've done everything that I've wanted to do, um, then, you know, go to sleep and start again the next day. So that's, that's what I try and do and that's how I try and live. Is there one thing you think is true that most people disagree with you on? 
is there one thing I know to be true that most people disagree with me on? Probably what I just said, you know? Like, um, there is only today. And for me, to sort of get around that, I do have, I do set goals, you know, medium, long-term goals, but then I forget about them and, and nail today. So, you know, I, I think sometimes if you, if you think that today is the last day, it's a bit scary, but it's also quite liberating. So, um, so I know that to be true, but I think I've, people have a lot of fear around that. What, what makes you feel most alive, or, or when do you feel most alive? Um, yeah, around surfing, and I mean, I feel alive every day. I mean, I'm really happy most days, so like, I feel really good today, I'm really happy, you know, I've got some challenges going on, so um, th that's sort of why I'm here, to make sure that I'm really good today. <laughs> if you had to sum it all up, is there, what would be the top three tips to live a, a successful, happy life? Yeah, look, I think, um, for me, love is probably the basis. And I think you need to really accept and love yourself. You do that, um, then you find a peace. And um, don't let your past define you, you know, continue to grow. And um, if you continue to grow, then you will change. And I think that also brings motivation because you're changing all the time, you've got new challenges. So I think, um, you know, love, continue to change, and then live today as if it was your last. You do that, then, you know, you get to the end of most days and it's been pretty good. Wonderful. I appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thanks, John Sage. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm, re I'm reading Ray Dalio's book, Principles, at the yeah. moment. And yeah, I just think there's principles we aren't taught on how to approach yeah. life and questions, and I think you just know. I mean, the, the, the other thing is um, time, you know? The biggest thing you can give people is your time, mm. you know? And it's the hardest thing to give now. So, you know, if you can give people time, uh, you know, that's a great gift. Mm. And yet, it's hard to give and has no price tag, mm. you know, so. Well, what'd you think? That's a rhetorical question, but I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> As John says, time is the greatest gift and really appreciate your time tuning in. And if you have any comments, feedback, suggestions, reviews, would love to hear from you. I'm also going to be putting out my Friday email uh, it'll be kind of my dug it of the week, uh, what I'm dugging at the moment. <laughs> Everything from um, favorite books, podcasts, recommendations. I just got these five finger shoes, Vibrams, which I'm loving. Um, and then this new Pilates girl, I've been doing her workouts, which is sensational. So I'll share that, all my books, everything I'm coming across. So would love to have you subscribed and keep you up to date with all of that. You can go to dugit.nz. That's dugit.nz and sign up for that and uh, reach out on the social. Let me know 
and uh, any any podcast reviews would really help the show so appreciate it plenty more great episodes to come hope you're having a great day look after your mental health do what you love give that gift of time and uh, we'll see you soon hope you dug it <laughs>